He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. forever Amen. we give him praise this morning oh what a conference oh my god oh what a night wow my god last night i believe each and every one of you was on top of the world because once we receive the word of god it takes us into another level and i want to believe that you have been taken to another level Mama, thank you for allowing God to use you. We welcome you, woman of God, even this morning. We say Eastern Cape has been opened for you. We say Eastern Cape embraces you. We say Eastern Cape loves you. We believe greater things are going to happen in this conference. Hallelujah. Amen. Last night, Umama said, God can use any woman if you are willing and obedient. She said, He can use those that were demon possessed. He can use the widows. He can use the women with the issues of blood. And he said, Maybe your issue is not of blood, but you have an issue. She said, stop making excuses. Begin to touch the hem of his garment. And begin to do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And my prayer for you, this conference, is that you take the word of God and begin to practice it. She blessed me with her first statement. She says, let's go to the book of Timothy. And she says, some of us would not know how to get there. But we will know how to get Peruvian. We will know how to get the... South African styles but we don't know the word of God make it your mission to take the word as she's going to preach and do the word of God
of God. Amen. Amen. Because mama, mama, I believe if we do the word of God, we are like that man in the book of Luke chapter 6, verse 46 and 48. The Bible says the one who does my word, he hears my word and does it. He is like a man who builds his house upon the rock. Even when the storms come, he shall not be moved. He shall not be shaken. will be upon the rock. Man. I want us to receive our own Deborah. The woman who, who, who has an epitome of wisdom. You know last night when she opened her mouth wished that she can be recorded for the whole South Africa to hear the wisdom of God. She spoke wisdom. We are going to receive her. Lady Reverend Adelaide Howard Mills. Mamu Reverend Howard Mills is an attorney by profession. She serves under the ministry of her husband. Bishop Doug Howard Mills. Bishop Doug Howard Mills. Founder. Founder. Founder and presiding bishop um, say, of the bishop Lighthouse Lane. Chapel well, Lighthouse International. Chapel. International. They are blessed. They are blessed with four children. And I believe they are blessed with us as Hallelujah. Amen. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a preacher and a conference speaker both locally and internationally. And has been privileged to you to be used by God in so many countries of the world to all ages and gender and has a plethora of recorded, of, of recorded messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Lady Reverend Adelaide is head on a weekly radio program called Honey on My Lips, which seeks to bring out the sweetness of God's word. To all and sundry. She is also a directoress of Healing Jesus Center. Center Healing Jesus. Comprising the Lighthouse Mission Hospital. And Fertility Center. The Lighthouse Christian Children's Home. Ministry to the blind, deaf, prisoners, beggars, and desolate. And destitute. She is a blessed mother of many nations and believes that it is only the grace of God that she has that she has been enabled to make a difference in so many lives. Let us welcome our very own mother, the woman of God, the wisdom.
wisdom of God. An introduction. Oh, was this And what an atmosphere. God bless you, Apostle. Amen. Amen. You are a fiery brand in God's hands. And I honor you. Well, that was a very wonderful introduction. But I want us to acknowledge the presence of Jesus. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want you to give him a resounding applause. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Father, what an awesome honor it is to be a carrier of your word, of your anointing, and of your grace. I pray this morning that your will will be done. Your will for making this meeting happen. For you, your will for bringing us all the way. Your will, oh God, for your people. I pray that it shall be accomplished this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that the word of God will go forth and I pray that it will fall on good soil and I pray that it will yield much fruit and I pray that we shall be doers of the word. I pray that the word of God will transform us. I pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit to take over this vessel of clay completely. Cleanse me from every deficiency. Cleanse me from everything that would be a limitation. And Lord, use these lips of clay to speak the infallible word of God. Thank you that I'm heavenly anointed because of your mercy and your grace. And Lord, is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I rely on you totally and unreservedly. Have your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Praise the Lord. I thank God for the opportunity to deliver his word once again. There are many vessels God could have chosen. But by his mercy, he has chosen this vessel. And I honor him for that. I also want to honor my husband, Bishop who has been a covering to me all these years. And under whose covering I stand. And then we stand under the covering of the Holy Spirit as well. 
I want to thank Bishop Ransford. For this invitation. For this invitation. And for the work he's doing here also. May the Lord multiply the oil on your head. And use you as his battle axe. Amen. Amen. I also want to greet the leadership of the church. And all pastors and lady pastors who may be here. It's an honor to have you here. And for you also who have come. I honor you. And may your expectation not be cut off. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning I want to speak to you about the seed of the woman. The seed of the woman. Turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 3. Reading from verse 15. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And you have no excuse for not knowing it. Amen. Amen. Because it's the first book. As soon as you turn, it goes there. Amen. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 15. God is cursing Satan. Or punishing him. For deceiving the woman. And God says to Satan. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel God meted out this punishment before he came to speak to the woman. And this punishment was not to the woman. It was to Satan. He said, because of the way you have fellowshiped with the woman in the garden. And because of the way you have had the audacity to ask her what I said and what I didn't say. And you have developed a chummy chummy relationship. From henceforth, I have put enmity between you and the woman. You will hate the woman. And the woman will hate you. You will see the woman as not your friend. And the woman will also see you as not her friend. There will be real hatred between you and the woman. There will not be conspiracy and working together anymore. 
And it's not going to end there. I will also put hatred and enmity between her seed and your seed. Anything you give birth to. Anything you Satan give birth to. And anything the woman gives birth to. Will continue the fight. Will continue the hatred. Will continue the enmity. It shall not end. And the seed of the woman shall bruise your head. And you and your seed shall bruise the heel of the woman's seed. When you hit a snake and you hit the heel or the tail, you haven't done much. But when you hit the head, it's finished. So God, in punishing Satan, gave the woman authority over the snake. But there will forever be a war between Satan and the woman. And the Bible shows and gives many examples like that. Now some of us may understand like the woman and the serpent. What it is is that Satan entered and used the serpent. The serpent used to walk. But God said you won't walk anymore. As part of your punishment, you crawl. So when we go back and read verse 14. Bible says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this. What had he done? In verse 13, the till end of the verse. God asked the woman, what happened? The Bible says, the woman said, the serpent beguiled me or deceived me. And I did eat. And God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, because you have received the woman, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now, that is why Satan is always on our case as human beings. Because the Bible says that the Lord God took some dust. And he made man. And he breathed into him. And he became a living soul. So man is made from dust. And when the curse of Satan is that he will eat dust all the days of his life. It means that he will feed on your flesh all the days of his life. And that is why the part of you that gets born again first is your spirit and not your flesh. 
that's why the Bible says this corruptible shall put on incorruptible. Because Satan will continue to feed on the flesh until Jesus comes. And God therefore tells us what to do with the flesh. Amen. Amen. So if you're a Christian and you are dominated by the flesh, it is not good. Everything you feel like doing, you do. Everything your flesh tells you, you let it lead you. The Bible says the flesh profiteth nothing. Paul said, I keep my body under. First Corinthians 9, verse 27. First Corinthians 9, verse 27. I bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Amen. Apostle Paul met Jesus Christ on the way to Damascus. He spoke to him by a voice. He was tutored in the desert of Arabia by the Holy Ghost himself. According to the book of Galatians. He wrote more than half the New Testament. He says he was taken to the third heavens. He said that what he saw he cannot describe and has not been able to describe it to us. He performed great miracles. But he still said, I keep my body under. You, you have not written even half of the New Testament. And you give your body a field day. The apostle said, I keep my body under. Not an angel. Not even God. But I keep my body under. Another verse says, I discipline my body. And I make it serve me. I make it. I make it. I make it subject to me. I subdue it. Amplify says, like a boxer, I buffet my body. I, I, I handle it roughly. I discipline it by hardships. And subdue it. But you. The Bible says in Romans 8. Don't, don't change the verse. That, don't change the 1 Corinthians 9.27. Amplify it. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. But you are led by your flesh. A dog is led and controlled by a chain. 
If you allow the flesh it will disgrace you. When you become mature in Christ. When you become a growing Christian. You don't allow your body to just do anything. Apostle Paul's body was giving blows. It was brought into subjection by hardships and being treated roughly. But you treat your body with kids' gloves. When your body says it's cold, I can't pray. You say body is true. Cover with the electric blanket. You are really cold. When your body says what this person did, it was very painful because the body feels it. It was very painful. So let the spirit of bitterness eat you up. You say body is true. You are so understanding. When your body says, I love to watch pornography, you say, Body, here you are, enjoy. When your body says, Oh, this girl is very delicious, you say, Body, I agree, let's go for her. But unless you learn to kick your body, boot your body, buffet your body, it will not do what it has to do. Amen. If I followed my body, I will not be standing here. Because you don't even always feel like preaching. But it's not as many as are led by feelings. It's as many as are led by the Spirit of God. The Bible says, Your word is a light unto my feet, a lamp unto my feet, and a light to my path. But for us, the word of God is not even a lamp. You never take the lamp when you are working. When you are walking on life's way, there's no lamp. What leads you is how you feel. What leads you is what makes you popular. Even in your marriage, you just manifest. You just do what you feel like doing. There's nowhere for making your body suffer. And that's why we are just like the world. But for me, a significant part of this verse is why did Paul treat his body that way? He said, for fear. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to the gospel, I myself should become unfit. I myself should not stand the test. I myself may end up to be unapproved. I myself may end up rejected as a counterfeit. It means all these things are possible. 
even after proclaiming Christ. He said for fear. Some of us, we have no fear. We are very confident about the flesh. Jesus. I once spoke to a brother. Who is my friend? He met a lady whilst he was driving along. He gave the lady a lift. The Bible says, make straight paths for your feet. Because you have confidence in your flesh. You give a lady a lift that you don't know from anywhere. Then after that, you tell me, lady, I don't know how I got there. A strange man picks you up and you sit in the car. And then when you finish, you say, Lady Reverend, he looked well dressed. I didn't know where I was going. He invited the sister to church and she came. And then he went to follow her up. When he got there, she opened the door. She was completely topless. And then he went and sat down, opened the Bible, and said, Today our message is coming from 1 Corinthians 9, verse 27. He opened his Bible, sat by the sister, and said, Today the sister said, Oh, eh, brother, so so and so. Today, I feel like relaxing, so can I lie down whilst we are having the Bible study? So he, so he opened his Bible. And he shared the scripture. Then at a point he said, oh, why don't you find some clothes to wear? And then he prayed with the sister. And he left. So he was telling me the story. I said, with all due respect, you are a foolish man. And you are a foolish Christian. Don't you know that the Bible says in 2 Timothy, flee youthful lusts. He didn't say negotiate. He didn't say discuss. He didn't say stay around. He said flee. I said to him, Are you greater than Joseph? He even left his robes with Potiphar's wife. And he fled. But as for you, you felt that you could go and share the word. But Paul said, I fear. I'm afraid. I don't trust my body. I don't have confidence in this flesh. I fear. After preaching Christ, I myself should be a castaway. You say you are doing counseling in your house. Then you bring that boy that you like very much. Then you bring that your old boyfriend. Then you choose lights that are very dim. Then you say, Holy Spirit, we invite you. You have confidence in the flesh. But the greatest apostle of all, he had no confidence in the flesh. 
the, the devil feeds on our flesh. And is part of his punishment. And so we must be like Paul. If you must box your body, box it. If you must kick your body, kick it. If you must discipline it by hardships, discipline it. So that you don't lose your salvation. That was just by the way. Amen. Amen. We were talking about the seed of the woman. But I went into all this because it was part of Satan's punishment. Actually, when you read it, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 15. When you read all, all the things that is said about the woman and the serpent, you would think the woman is the one being punished. But it is actually God's punishment to the serpent. To put enmity between he and the woman. And between the woman's seed and his seed. Now lady reverend, what is the seed? The seed is anything you give birth to. The seed is anything that comes out of you and has been produced by you. In the Old Testament, the seed was the biological seed. And so we see that a lot of the women, before they could bring forth the seed of covenant, there was a lot of attacks. The seed may be God's destiny on your life. The seed is God's call on your life. The seed is God's gifting and anointing on your life. The seed is whatever you will give birth to. In Luke 8, 11. Jesus is explaining the seed in the parable of the sower. And he says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The Bible also says in various places, and the word of God came to Elijah. And the word of God came to Isaiah. So the seed is God's word. Both written and what comes to you. I believe that God put a seed in me from a very tender age. By the grace of God, I got born again at the age of nine. And I thank God for that because he saved me from a lot of foolishness. Sometimes you don't need to be smart. God's word makes you look smart. Just walking with him makes you look so unique. But it's not anything that you have done. It's the light of his word. 
And my Sunday school teacher told me God has called you and God will use you. I didn't understand it. Neither did I care much about it. But he had told me as a child and I believe that word was a seed that dropped into my spirit. So as I grew up and I came to my teenage years, I went to high school and I met some boys that I sometimes liked. And then they would come and like we say in Ghana, give me raps or chat you up. And sometimes after chatting me up, I want to open my mouth and say, your proposal, I say yes. But I never had the courage to open my mouth and say yes. I believe that the seed had been planted and it wouldn't let me go. I tried to become a guy. It never worked. I was born in a family of unbelievers. No, we went to church every Sunday. But I'm the youngest girl. And all my siblings did not know the Lord. And they tried to add me to what they were doing. At one point, my brother said, you've never been to a nightclub. We must take you. My parents had traveled outside the country. And I must have been like 15. So they took me and I thought, well... People are always saying disco, disco. Let me go and see what happens there. So they paid for me and we went in. As soon as I entered, I froze. I just thought, where am I? What is this? What's going on here? And then I didn't know that they had lights, they flash here, and I began to feel dizzy. So I decided to sit in a corner all by myself. And as I sat at the corner, I felt the strong sense of guilt. I hadn't done anything. But I just felt a strong sense of darkness and guilt. And as I looked at the corner, it was dark. But the light will flash sometimes. And I think I saw a boy and a girl doing something. So my brothers were busy dancing with some girls. I went to stand by that. I want to go home. So why did you come? I said, you brought me. I'm sorry. I want to go home. So well, look, you've wasted our money. We've come, we've brought you, we've paid, you just arrived, you say you want to go. I said, look at the corner 
Ati hai umoshege mani yetu Utani silekotu tufunu kotu Atika ukangele kila kona paya My big brother said which corner I said the corner there Watu mtako chwa mkulu epi He said what is happening there I said some people are fornicating there Ndata bantu paya benzo kuna lunga anga He said they don't do that in this course Only today you've come You have come to see fornication In the corner there they hurriedly arranged for somebody to take me back home the seed was there and God wouldn't let me go God kept me I don't think it's anything I did but God just kept me and God confronted me that I needed to be more serious with him at different stages of my life and it always rang in my head God has called you and God will use you but I didn't know what it meant so I went to the university and I started to ask people who were my friends in the fellowship do you know of any charismatic nuns like catholic nun do you know of any pentecostal evangelical or charismatic nuns and they said no we just know of sisters who live in a convent and i always used to imagine myself being among a group of ladies we live in the convent but an evangelical born again convent and we just preach the word of God so when I met my husband I said to him I am going to be a missionary to China and I'm not going to get married and I used to look at the people who had relationships. Today, this one is crying. Tomorrow, they go for a walk. They come back. They are crying. Say, ah. Then what is the point? They are always crying. And there's always something to quarrel about. My husband told me, no problem. Me too. I'm not thinking about marriage now. I will marry in 20 years time. And I thought, what a safe brother to flow along with. Amen. Wow. Uh, translate it and stop saying wow. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> and so I believe that the seed is a difficult thing to die. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says that it is an incorruptible seed. So when God puts a seed in you, it's very difficult for the seed to die. In 1 Peter 1 verse 23, the Bible says being born again not of corruptible seed but of incorruptible 
By the word of God Which liveth and abideth forever So the seed that even got you born again Is incorruptible And it will live and abide forever And when God puts a seed in you Be it a calling, be it a gifting It is incorruptible but before the seed will come forth therein lies the fight therein comes the enmity of the enemy because he has to ensure that your seed does not come forth because it has been prophesied in Genesis 3 I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and the woman's seed and your seed shall bruise the heel of the woman's seed and the woman's seed shall bruise the head of your seed. That is why to bring forth the seed is not an easy thing. When God wanted to bring forth a savior, he just needed a woman and the Holy Ghost. Mary said, how shall I know these things since I know not a man? The, the angel said, the angel, the Holy Spirit will come over you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, that thing that comes out of you shall be called holy. So, with the covering of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High overshadowing you, the seed shall come forth. In Jesus' name. There are many examples of women being frustrated before their seed will come forth. Genesis chapter 15. Reading chapter 17, sorry, reading from verse 15. And God said unto Abraham. As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. Verse 16. And I will bless her, and I will give thee a son, or if you like, a seed also of her. Yea, I will bless her. God didn't say, I will bless you. He had blessed Abraham, but he said, I will bless her. God also has a specific blessing for the woman. And she shall be a mother of nations. Amen. Kings of people shall be of her. This is the type of seed Sarah was carrying. Yes, she was going to give birth to a son. But that was to 
unleash God's destiny for her life. She was destined to be a mother of nations. And kings of people were supposed to come out of her. You two are not here to just birth a seed. It is nations that come out of you. And kings of people have come out of Sarah. Verse, eight, verse 17. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? Verse 18. And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Even when you are prophesied about, the closest person to you finds it funny. And the closest person to you finds you an unlikely candidate. Abraham didn't just laugh at Sarah, he also laughed at himself because he said, shall me that I'm a hundred years old, shall I give birth? And shall Sarah also give birth? Oh, I have Ishmael, so Oh, that Ishmael might live. Many things come to distract God's call and God's destiny on your life. And Satan introduces counterfeits that make you feel that God will not use you. Abraham did not say to Sarah, he said it in his heart. But sometimes people around you say it with their mouth. Shall this person ever become a lady pastor? Shall this person ever be a powerful preacher? Shall this person ever be able to lead many to Christ? Shall this person ever be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Oh, that Ishmael, somebody else might live. The seed of another woman might live. But this woman that God says he has chosen, I can't see. Whatever the Lord has said concerning you, Jesus, it cannot be altered. Amen. Verse 19. And God said, God emphasized to Abraham, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. And with his seed after him. That is why that seed took so many years. Because it was a covenant child. And it was supposed to be an everlasting covenant. And after Isaac, his seed after him will continue the battle to bruise the head of the enemy. So then Satan said, No giving birth for you, Sarah. 
It's not going to happen. And Sarah herself got to a place where she thought it's not going to happen. She looked for somebody she thought was fertile. How can God use a barren woman like me? How can God use a woman who is 90 years old? Let me look for a more probable candidate. What Sarah has done, I can't see how any woman can do that. To give another woman to your husband under the same roof. But it shows how desperate she was. And after Ishmael came, more problems. That's why, ladies, it's always better to solve your problem God's way. Because when you solve it your way, it comes to fight you. Abraham was changing the prayer topic to Ishmael. And God said, I'll bless Ishmael, but my covenant is with Sarah. And God had to be emphatic. He said, Sarah, thy wife. Not Hagar, your concubine. But Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. Verse 20. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful. And will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget. I will make him a great nation. All that is true. But the seed that I have said that Sarah has to bring forth has to come forth in spite of your prayer topic. God was trying to explain to Abraham that there are seeds and there are seeds. And if a seed is a seed of my covenant, it's a a different seed. So after this secret prayer meeting that Abraham has had concerning Ishmael, God continues to hammer in verse 21, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac. Who is Isaac? Your seed. Which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. Hebrews 11 11. Hebrews 11 11. Says through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive what? Seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah is one of the few women mentioned in the hall of fame in Hebrews 11. Why does she need strength to conceive? Because it takes a lot of energy. To be able to conceive and give birth to what God has called you to. 
Tata mandama nins wuzu twale, zalo gutiko, afuna wenugzal. We need a certain strength that doesn't come from us. It is a received strength. She was delivered of a child past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. God doesn't just say, I'm giving you a seed. But all that is needed for the seed to come forth, he supplies. The Old Testament is full of such stories. And in Genesis 21, 9, the Bible says, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking Genesis 21 verse 9. Sarah saw Ishmael, not Hagar, mocking at Isaac. Even after the seed has come forth. Now the battle is between seed and seed. Isaac is mocking Ishmael. Hey, Ishmael is mocking Isaac. He gets seed against your seed. Satan's seed against your seed. And that is why in the cemetery we see R.I.P. It says rest in peace. You only rest in peace when you are dead. Because from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Sarah has done her bit and brought Isaac. But promised enmity between your seed and Satan's seed rages. Amen. Amen. But women should not be afraid to take up the challenge. Amen. Amen. Genesis 25:21. Genesis 25:21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. Amen. Amen. Isaac too has come on the scene. He also gets married. But because he's also a child of promise, Rebecca is struck with barrenness. But Isaac entreated the Lord for her. And the Lord caused her to come forth and birth her seed. When Rebecca was leaving her people in Genesis 24, 60, 60, and they blessed Rebecca and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy what? Seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Amen. 
That word had been spoken before she even went to meet Isaac. Beloved, God says in Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans of prosperity and not of disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. God knew the seed Rebecca was to birth. They spoke over her. Be a mother of thousands of millions. Let your seed inherit the gates of the enemy. Possess the gates of those who hate you. When the word is spoken, a seed is sown. That's why the centurion said, You don't need to come. Just stand where you are and speak. But when the word is spoken, Satan also goes to work. So Rebecca marries, and the Isaac is not coming. And And the Jacob and Esau are not coming. Why is that? because she's the mother of millions and her seed is coming to possess the gate of the enemy so the enemy seeks to frustrate her you also have frustrations in your life the difference is you give up too easily but whatever God has said concerning you and his kingdom shall come to pass because Isaac entreated the Lord and Rebecca conceived after she became pregnant with the seed that had come forth in Genesis 25 verse 22 to 23 Genesis 25, 22, we are 23. Please give me the amplified version. Two children struggle together within her. And she said, if it is so that the Lord has heard our prayer, why am I like this? And she went to inquire of the Lord. Verse 23. And the Lord said to her, the founder of two nations are in your womb. Jesus. And the separation of two peoples has begun in your body. Jesus. The one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Amen. The founders of two churches, the oh. founders of two nations, Umseki the founders of two ministries, Umseki. the founders of two callings Umseki. are in your stomach. And the separation of two peoples has begun. If it were modern day, you say, let me go and see the doctor. There is too much movement in my stomach. But being the spiritual woman that she was, the Bible says she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, the founders, the founders of two nations, not two boys, are in your womb. And the separation of two peoples has begun. Why was there a struggle 
when she had not even come to labor. I will put enmity between your seed and the woman's seed. Even before you will give birth to that seed, you have conceived. But even in the conception, there's a struggle. But if you will recognize the quality of the seed in you, you will fight for it. If you just see them as two boys, it will be a different story. But God gave her insight and said, the founders of two nations, they are in your womb. And the separation of two peoples, it has begun. Why all this fight up and down? Because that is the line of the Messiah. And if he is able to destroy the line of the Messiah, then Jesus will not come. We need to be kingdom minded and long term minded and not think, oh, I'm just angry after meeting. Oh, I won't serve in this church anymore. Oh, the way they spoke to me, I don't like it. Two nations are in your womb. Amen, ladies. Amen. Satan will use emotional things to set you aside. He will use pain and distress and discomfort to set you aside. I didn't know what was in Bishop Dark's womb. But before it would come forth, a lot of things happened. Before I would even get married, a lot of things happened. First of all, my mother said she didn't like the tribe his father came from. She wasn't um, antagonistic, but she was telling me this is not the way to go. As for my dad, he didn't even know before he would say he doesn't agree. In those days, we prayed about the will of God before we met somebody. In those days, we knew about Psalm 37 verse 5. Commit your way unto him. Trust also on him and he will bring it to pass. In those days we knew about Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding of the lady's hips, tips and fingertips. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. But there were many battles. When my father eventually met my husband, he loved him. Now we needed to get married. And my parents felt that the church we were getting married in, which was Lighthouse Chapel, was a very disgraceful church. 
The church did not have a choir. The church did not have a meeting place. And we were the first to be marrying in the church. My father asked me, so what are the credentials of the person you want to marry you? The person was Bishop Saki, my husband's assistant. But, but how can we say it? Bishop Saki was a junior lawyer in my husband's father's chambers. So if, so if we said it, the wedding will not come on. So my father-in-law asked me, so this pastor you say is going to my, what's his name? I decided to take Bishop Saki's third name. Which is Teria. So I said he is Reverend Teria. My father-in-law turned to my father and said, do you know of any prominent priest called Reverend Teria? My father said no. I've not heard of anybody like that. They decided to take us to their prestigious church. So they went to ask the pastor, can we have a wedding in this prestigious church? And can you please bless our children who don't know what they are about? Can you please help them out? And the pastor said, I can help them out. But they have to sign that they are closing down their church. And they are joining my church before I will even do marriage counseling for them. <laughs> so, that was a no-go area. But we told them, we don't mind which church we get married in. But we mind who lays hands on us. Then a relative that I had spoken to went to tell my mother, you see, the way, the reason why they are so concerned about who lays hands on them is that they are an occultic church. So they are very worried about who lays hands on them. So that also intensified the battle. Then my father called me and said, this man you are going to marry, do you know him? I said, I know him. We are in 1989. I met him in 1982. So I know him. My father said, I don't mean that kind of knowledge. I said, Daddy, what do you mean? He said, I mean the knowledge between a man and a woman. I was shocked because my father was very strict. And I said, oh, that, no, daddy, that's fornication. My father lost it. He said, I do not see if a man is normal, he will never move with you from 1982 to 89 and not touch you. There's something wrong with the man. He said, I my father rose up from his chair. Opened the door of his room. 
said out you just get up you interpret the bible how you like you do what you like out let me tell you something unless you become pregnant you are not going to marry this man I said, Daddy, I have always obeyed you. Where it comes to God's word and you. I choose God's word. My father said, away with you. My mother was no comfort either. My husband was writing exams. His final exam. I just went out and I was walking in the streets of the neighborhood. I was crying. I was crying. And I was just speaking in tongues. Because I didn't know even which prayer topic to pray. I was going like a mad woman. I was It didn't change. And then my father said, In fact, our, my father and my in laws united against the two of us. They decided the church was too disgraceful. So we should just have a blessing. All my big sisters had had grand weddings, paid for fully by my dad. My dad said to me, if you won't do things my way, then no wedding. On the 8th of June, 1989, in a small room which could house about 10 people, I got married. But I thank God that it was one of the happiest days of my life. I just felt that I've obeyed God. It's okay. The church was in the womb of Bishop Dag. God, the devil could see it. So he said the condition for the marriage is close the church down. And marry. I didn't know that he would ever become a bishop. I didn't even know that he would become a pastor. Because we didn't have anybody to nurture us in the ministry. All that he told me was he wanted to do God's work. But to my mind, it was like follow up witnessing and that we would be lay pastors. I never even knew that the church would stand. And I never knew that the church would even one day have a branch. But God who could see into eternity knew what was in the womb. And he knew that our testimony was crucial. 
But we didn't know that. But my husband's student said, I'm sorry, God called me and I'm not closing down this church. Now that man who said we should close down the church is one of my husband's greatest admirers. Your seed will go through many things. Will you be prepared to pay the price? I wonder. Amen. Amen. Satan could see the Lighthouse Chapel International was in our wombs. Satan could see that in 2017 it was going to have 3,000 plus branches Satan could see that in 2017 Amen. And that experience helps me not to fight my husband's ministry. Because you may think, oh, I'm just touching just this crusade, or I'm just touching just this, but you are touching nations. Amen, ladies. Amen. Two founders. In your womb, Satan seeks to kill the seed. Genesis 27, verse 41. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are very near. When he is gone, I will kill my brother Jacob. Jesus. Amen. Amen. After Rebecca and Isaac have gone through all this, it's now left with the seed. And Satan comes in and says to Esau, Jacob didn't treat you right. Kill him. And if Jacob had been killed, the 12 tribes of Israel would never have come about. It comes across as just hatred between two siblings. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Don't see things as, oh, I'm just quarreling with this lady in church. Oh, she's just annoying me. Oh, you know, we don't just agree. Don't see it that way. It is a spiritual thing that is happening. And you are doing the devil's work for him. The seed of the woman. Exodus 1.22 and Pharaoh charged all his people saying every son that is born you shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall save alive Pharaoh is also an agent of Satan 
If Moses was not born, Israel would not have a deliverer. Again, the woman's seed is attacked. There's a whole law to finish the Jews. Because Messiah will come from there. The seed of the woman. Continually under siege. Second Chronicles 22 verse 10. But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. Are you there? Second Chronicles 22 verse 10. But when Athaliah, mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal seed. No, King James now. All the seed royal of the house of Judah. She was also destroying the seed before it will come forth. Amen. Amen. Esther chapter 6 verse 13. And Haman told Jeresh his wife and all his friends everything that had befallen him then said his wise men and Jeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of what? The seed of the Jews, before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. If the person is the seed of the Jews, the seed of God's chosen people, the, the seed of God's grace, then you will fall before that seed. And so before that happens, make a noose and hang Mordecai on it. Amen. Amen. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, also went through a time of deep anguish and barrenness. And then the seed of all seeds, Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 2, from 13 to 14. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child, the young seed, and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child. To destroy him. Jesus. Amen. Amen. When Jesus was born, all two year old boys and under were slaughtered in Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. Why was this done? Because Herod wanted to destroy the seed. And he took Joseph helping Mary to run away. And to flee even into Egypt, which was enemy territory. God knows how to protect his seed. Amen. Amen. And I pray that you will know your seed. Amen. When you want to obey God, so many frustrations come. So many heart breaking things happen. 
So many discouraging things happen. And then Satan entices you out of your place. Satan And you begin to say, Lady Reverend, you know. I mean, it's not only me in the church. Others should also do what they can do. But everybody has a specific seed that they must bring forth. But because of the war between the woman and the serpent and their seeds. Things don't come to you on a silver platter. And you must keep fighting to the end. We're supposed to go on break, but I don't know when. Revelations chapter 12. Verse 1. Revelations 12 verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Verse 2. And she being with child. She wasn't just a woman. She was a woman carrying seed. And she being with child cried. The first action of the woman is tears. Being with child, she cries. Whenever you are carrying seed, you cry. But when you cry, you must wipe your face and continue the fight. But some of us, when we get there, we give up. But um, Psalm 1 to 6 verse 6 says 1 to 6 verse 6 Psalm 1 to 6 He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him Amen Whenever you go bearing precious seed you go forth weeping I wish I could say that after the wedding, everything was calm and everything has been smooth sailing ever since. But whenever you are bearing precious seed, you will weep. You will weep to obey God. There are times I've wept and I've said, Lord, I could be doing something better than what you have asked me to do. I could be doing something more peaceful than what you have called me to do. I could be doing something more respectful than what you have called me to do. I could be doing something with less problems than what you have called me to do. But he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed. You are bearing precious seed. 
and that makes you cry. Because it's not an easy seed to carry. But the Bible says you would doubtless come again with rejoicing. And you will bring your harvest with you. Oftentimes, my heart has been broken. Sometimes I give good and I get bad in return. And then I say, Lord, I want to resign. But the precious seed also comes. I have many daughters and sons all over the world who genuinely love me. And I'm spoiled for choice wherever I go. I went weeping, bearing precious seed. But many times I've come rejoicing with sheaves. There will be bad experiences in order to rise up and obey God. There will be humbling situations. This is all part of the weeping. But if you stick with it, God will bring you out. This woman came and then she was crying. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman, she was clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. She was not a simple woman. When you are clothed with your type of clothes, it's okay, but to be clothed with the sun and moon is another level. Clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet. And a crown of 12 stars on her head. You have one star you don't have. And then in verse 2, and she being with child cried. You may be clothed with the sun. You may have the moon under your feet. You may have 12 stars on your head. But you will cry. Because you are bearing a child. Travailing in birth. There's something called labor. You travail to bring forth what God has put in you. I have been in labor several times. And that convinces me that God's word is true. The pain is unbelievable. Indescribable. And so it makes me afraid of hell. If they say that the fire in hell does not quench, then we should be very careful. I know that my husband says that with my first child, I was in true labor because I spoke French. Up to today, I argue with him about it. Because I said to the midwife, I was in Switzerland, and I said to the midwife, is it painful? Because I've not had a child before then. 
Geneva is a French speaking town. And you, my husband, you don't even understand the French. And when I asked the midwife, c'est pénible, is it painful? My husband is sitting by me. He says, hmm. Your labor is not genuine. In the midst of my pain. First of all, he says, mm, what did you tell the lady? I said, is it painful? Question. He said, how do you say it? I was very angry, but the spirit of God made me respond. Even in my pain. So I said, oh, you say sepenible. That he was detested. Then he, he, <laughs> then he kept quiet for a few seconds. Then he said, so are you in pain? I said, very strong pain. He said, if you were in pain, you will speak your mother tongue, not French. He loved it. And he continues to preach with it. That real pain invokes your mother tongue, not French. But I was in so much pain, I couldn't even confront him. Just like this woman traveling in birth. She was in pain to be delivered. Why do you think spiritual things will come easy? Why do you think there will be no pain? Why do you think there will be no labor? Even when the prophecy has come in the Garden of Eden. Some of you, when you are going through your labor to birth what God wants to birth in you, you give up. That's when you backslide. That's when you become bitter. That's when your problem becomes your God. You make a monument out of your pain. But if you trust God to bring you through, you will give birth to that destiny. Verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. Whenever God does something, the enemy also appears. The Bible says, no, go back to three. The Bible says, another wonder appeared in heaven. The Bible describes him as a great red dragon. The Bible says in other parts of the Bible that old serpent the dragon called the devil. Only him he has seven heads. 
Anything that has more than one head, including a marriage, is a freak. It is, it is not a real thing. That's why instead of, in spite of your strong self, God has ordained that your husband is your head. It's not by strength. It's by office. Amen, ladies. Amen. Those of you who are so strong and now you are leading the hope. If you have two heads, there's something wrong. And this dragon has seven heads. If you have more than one head in a church, there's something wrong. Even if you are the wife, you are not the head. Amen. Amen. So when you take a place that is not yours, God does not like that. When the pastor says we are doing this, we follow and we do it. When the choir leader says we are wearing red, you don't say today is my purple day. Everything with more than one head is a freak. And it had ten horns. And seven crowns upon his head. Everything God does, Satan will also make a counterfeit. I think people will be surprised that this wonder also appeared in heaven. But the Bible says when the sons of God appeared before God, Satan was in the midst of them. He does not observe protocol. Verse 4. And he still drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Jesus. Now, Satan stood before the woman. She's in labor. She's about to give birth. And you see something with seven heads. Jesus. Ten horns. Jesus. And some crowns upon the head. Jesus. And it's a red dragon. Jesus. And it stands before you. Why does he stand before you? To induce fear. Because fear will paralyze you. Jesus. And he still uses fear not to make us serve God. Fear of the future. Fear of whether God can look after you. Fear of what will happen. Fear of what will happen to your children. Fear of if men will mistreat you. Fear of if you will be mistreated and judged wrongly and treated unjustly. Fear of the battles it entails. He stood before the woman. The woman was ready to deliver. And Satan stood before her. And the Bible says, his main aim 
was to be at the point of delivery. Why? To devour her child as soon as it was born. He won't wait for some air to pass through. He won't wait for some time to lapse. As soon as you give birth before the seed can mature he's there to devour your seed. And I'll put enmity between thee and the woman and between her seed and your seed. What is the woman bearing? She is bearing her seed. What is Satan doing? He's standing before her. When fear and intimidation don't work, immediately, whatever you bring forth, in its infant stage, before it can mature, he's there to devour it. Verse 5. And she brought forth the news is no weapon that is fashioned against us will prosper. In spite of all the standing before her red dragon with seven heads and crowns and waiting to devour her, all that is intimidation. What the Lord has said it shall come to pass. The good news is she brought forth anyway. She brought forth a man child. In those days, it was a powerful thing to have a man child. This seed had a destiny. It was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. But as soon as she brought forth, the Bible says her seed, her child, was caught up unto God and to his throne. When God calls you, he also releases invisible forces to ensure that your seed remains. It's not everything that you will know about. It is he who has brought it about. He knows how to protect it. Verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a, pray, a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Once the child was taken up to be with God, once the child was being protected by God, the woman herself was left to be able to run the Bible says wherefore laying aside every weight Jesus and the sin that so that doth so easily beset us let us run with patience oh, yes. the race that is set before us oh yes amen. amen the woman fled into the wilderness but it was a place prepared by God himself and she was to be fed there a thousand two hundred and three score days every Christian will have a wilderness experience when God calls you 
Like how he called Moses. God said, he said, I'm making you a judge and a deliverer of my people. Before Moses knows, he finds himself in the wilderness with a few sheep. To obey God, you go through times that look contradictory. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, consider him who endured such contradiction against sinners. He said Moses would judge his people and deliver them. But he found himself rather outside Egypt. Far from the people he was supposed to judge and lead. But it is the desert and in the wilderness that God nurtures you. It is in the desert and in the wilderness that you see the burning bush. You see aspects of God you haven't known before. But unfortunately it's in the wilderness that we give up. We say, God couldn't have called me. Look at what is happening to me. God couldn't have called me. I'm no more powerful. Nothing is happening. I'm just in the wilderness. I don't see my calling. I don't see where I'm going. But a place prepared by God. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. The children of Israel was led, were led through the wilderness. The Bible gives us a reason. The Bible says there was a shortcut. But God knew that if he takes them through the shortcut, they will lose their faith. So he took them the long way through the wilderness. In the wilderness, they were tried. They experienced hunger. They experienced thirst. They experienced rebellion. They experienced so many things. God allows you through the wilderness so that he can prepare you for his vision for your life. I have had wilderness experiences where it seems that nothing is happening. Where it looks like God is hiding you. Where it looks like you are just quiet. Where it looks like nothing is happening. But God takes you there so that he can nourish you. It is a place prepared of God. And it is the time that he feeds you. Because when you are fed, you grow. When you are fed, you mature. He sends you to the wilderness so that he can let you concentrate on him. But when you are in town, too many things are calling you. You are going to the mall, you are passing here. You are... But in the wilderness, there is no shop. Be there. And he knows how long he should feed you for. Verse 7. And there was war in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. I told you anything God does, Satan also does. When God gave the woman a crown, he also came up with crowns. When Michael and his angels are fighting, he also brings his angels to fight. Verse 8. And prevailed not. Is it verse 7 or verse 8? And prevailed not. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. Amen. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. Yes, and I heard, no, we have to jump that. But the point is that as the woman is in the wilderness being fed, angelic beings are waging war on her behalf. The Bible says he will give his angels charge concerning us. Amen. Amen. And that they will keep us. Lest we dash our feet against the stone. So God sent us angels to war on our behalf. And we sometimes feel nothing is happening. But in heaven, a serious war is going on. And we must see that. Amen. Amen. Now look at verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, what did he do? He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. That's your main accusation. That's the main crime you have committed for bringing forth your seed. He persecuted the woman. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness. Into her place where she's nourished for a time and times and half a time. From the face of the serpent. This explains why God sometimes allows wilderness experiences and doesn't expose us. So that he can nourish us from the face of the serpent. And so that we will not be destroyed too quickly and too early. When name and fame and rewards don't come so easily, God has a purpose. Some of you, if you are put on this stage now, you will backslide forever. Some of you, if God were to give you an international ministry, you would tell us that now your calling is at another level and you cannot relate to mere mortals like us. My husband says God uses rejection to shield you and protect you. 
Because in his ministry, God used that so many times to keep him until the appointed time. And before the appointed time comes, he is nourishing you. Note that two wings of a great eagle was given the woman. That she might fly into the wilderness. To be nourished from the face of the serpent. In Isaiah 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse they say that it, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Amen. They shall run and not be weary. Amen. And they shall walk and not faint. Amen. The woman was given the wings of two great eagles. That represents your waiting on the Lord. Many Christians don't know how to wait on God. And that is why we don't have strength. We are not strong. The Bible says it's when we wait on God that we renew our strength. All that Christians know is to attend church services. But how to have a personal time with God alone is a difficulty. How to be alone with God, your Bible, a book, a message, and a Bible. You don't know how. For me, that has been one of my mainstays. Sometimes I'm in the wilderness and I don't even know what to do. The only thing I know to do is to wait on him. Many times I say, Lord, I don't have answers. I don't have answers. And I don't even know what to do. But I came here to meet you. I came here to just wait and to seek direction for my life. I may be burdened, so I may start praying about whatever is burdening me. If you watch as you wait on him, your prayer topics even change. And then as you are praying, you are also listening to messages. Because faith comes by hearing. How come you woman, the only thing your wardrobe is your hair? The only thing in your room is your handbag. The only thing in your room is your shoes. The only thing in your room are your dresses. But there's no message in your room. There's nothing spiritual that you acquire. Whenever they say that CDs are on sale on the right, you will pass the left. 
And even if you buy a book, you will never read it. And if you even listen to messages, if you have messages, you will never listen to them. How can you renew your strength? Is there that wait upon the Lord who renew their strength? The, the wings of two great eagles were given to the woman. Is they that wait on the Lord who renew their strength? They mount up with wings as eagles and they look so supernatural. It's because the Lord has strengthened them. Sometimes people go through crises. Especially ladies. When they come and see me, I say, Look, get close to God. And they seem to be looking at me. Is that all? And sometimes I point out to them, you know, this thing that is happening, I can see a spirit of deception at work. I can see that Satan has entered in. And no matter how much you talk and how much you convince your husband, I can see that it's not working. You now have to get into the spiritual mood and begin to make warfare. And then they look at me that, say something else. Many times, to even obey God, to preach, to bring his word, to keep on wanting to share his word, it takes a wilderness experience. It takes private times with him. It takes waiting on God because I don't always feel up to the task. Sometimes I say to God, you've got the wrong woman. You should have chosen a macho woman to stand in this place. But when I wait on him, I hear him say, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Amen. Beloved, that is why Christians are like without hope and falling everywhere. They don't have strength. And your prayer topics are only about your problems. But some of the problems will not go away. But what God will do is he will give you strength to overcome. Remember Jesus prayed, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But it wasn't possible. So what did God do? The Bible says angels came and strengthened him. If Jesus was the son of God and already knew God's will had to go to the garden of Gethsemane to be alone with the father. Then I wonder about you and I. If you are too busy to pray, you are too busy. And often when we pray, sometimes I spend time praying Then when I look at the task, oh, it's already 11 in the morning. So when I 
step out and I'll say, today I haven't done anything to myself. I say, look, it's already 11. It's already getting to midday. Today I haven't done anything. And the Holy Spirit says, prayer is not anything. You have done anything. Because we are used to doing. That is something. And even when you decide to pray, your phone will be calling. Your children have problems. Your husband is coming. This is happening. It's not easy for a woman to be in ministry. When my husband is praying, I don't go to his study. At a point, he even wrote on this door that do not knock on this door. If you write such a thing and you put it in the door in the house, who are you writing to? Let it be known to you that this door will not be opened. But when I go to my private place and I'm praying, I hear the door open. They're asking me about socks and all sorts of things. A woman in ministry is a different ball game altogether. Even my kids, when they come to my room, maybe I'm walking up and down and I'm praying in the morning. Then my son will say, Oh, mommy, excuse me. Sorry, oh. Sorry, oh. I just wanted to know. Are the car keys? Then my daughter will come. Mommy, sorry, oh. There's no milk. Sorry, oh. Every day, sorry, oh. You have to fight as a woman to be able to have private times with God. Two great eagle's wings were given to the woman from the face of the serpent. But in verse 15 of Revelation chapter 12, the Bible says the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. Why? The Bible says so that to cause her to be carried away by the flood. There is no real flood, but he has put water in his mouth to create a flooding situation so that you will be carried away. Oh, and many of us are carried away by our emotions. And many of us are carried away by depression. And many of us are carried away by self-pity. It's all the flood. Oh, but the Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, because he does come in as a flood. Isaiah 59 verse 19. The latter end, the B of that verse. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of God shall lift up a standard Amen. against him. Amen. 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 A flood is, you know sometimes when things are happening, they all happen together. 
I feel that in 2011 I experienced something like that. I felt very ill. I felt burdened with all that was happening around me. And then my father passed away. I was so broken. And I really thought this is a flood to carry me away. Because I was not well. And then at the same time, my dad has died. And at the same time, I'm overwhelmed with everything. The purpose of the flood is to carry you away. But when I remembered this verse, and I meditated on this verse, I said, Father, it's true, the enemy has come in like a flood. But I thank God that I'm not the one to set a standard against the enemy. But the Spirit of God will raise a standard Hmm. God help us. Amen. Amen. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood. It's not a flood. I saw God. But he makes it as a flood. God, There's a lot of things he makes us. The Bible says he roars around like a roaring lion. He is not a lion. The lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he will make it as a lion. Man. As a flood. Jenge it looks cold. like. Jenge. A beloved, God will raise a standard against him. Man. That he might cause her to be carried away. Of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Therefore, if the earth helped the woman and it was divine help, you will not think that the flood can be swallowed by the earth. And that's why God has left that work of raising the standard against the flood to the Holy Spirit. Because you and I are limited in how we solve our problems. It is God who knows that the earth can open his belly and swallow the whole our work with God is not by might. Amen. I've learned to depend so much on His grace. One of my favorite sermons that I preach is the woman of grace. 
Uchilu Paulo zile ndondi hiyo ngoba balo lenkos. The Bible says my grace is sufficient for you. Bible yetu babalo lwakho kwanele. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So there's a certain divine help that you may not even have asked for but God sends to you. The earth opened its bowels and her mouth and swallowed the flood. And when that happened, the dragon was angry with the woman. The dragon was wroth with the woman. All this time, he is still angry with the woman. And then he leaves her to do what? To make war with who? The remnant of her seed. Jesus. The remnant of her seed. If he cannot devour her, he fights her seed. And who are these seed? What is it that what is their characteristic? The Bible says, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. What is he after? What is he after? The word of God. Remember Luke 8:11. The seed is the word of God. And what is the remnant he's fighting? Those who keep the commandments. Those who keep the word. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. But thank God. The Bible says he will not give us as prey to the teeth of the enemy. The main thing in this sermon I want you to see is that your seed makes you go through battles. And that all that you go through will not destroy you nor your seed. In Isaiah 43 verse 1 reading on but now that saith the Lord that created thee O Jacob and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by thy name. Thou art mine. Amen. Then this is what I'm looking for. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Amen. And through the rivers, they shall not drown you or Amen. overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burnt. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Remember the flood? When you walk through the water, I will be with you. And through the rivers that are supposed to drown you, they shall not overflow you. If fire will not burn, then fire is not frightening. And God says, when you pass through the fire, it shall not burn you. This is his promise to you and I. Paul the apostle had many fights. 
means. And the Christian life is a life of fights. He says in 2 Corinthians 7 When we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Outside or without were fightings and within were fears. The woman had fears also. The dragon was a fearful sight. But God delivered them. When you read verse 6 of that the same verse, it says, nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8. 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 to 8. Paul says, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. The Apostle Paul is describing his life as a fight. And a good fight. And he could say, I have fought a good fight. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith. Beloved, fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called. Fight the good fight to let your seed come forth. Fight a good fight to let your seed not be devoured. Fight a good fight whether you are in the wilderness or you are outside the wilderness. And the God who sets a standard against the enemy will cause you to bring forth that which he has purposed for you. Don't let your emotions rule you. Let the word of God rule you. You say Jesus Christ is Lord. But in many of us, our flesh is Lord. Our emotions are Lord. Our renewed minds are Lord. Our circumstances are Lord. But let Jesus be Lord. And whether it's two wings he has to give you, whether it's the bowels of the earth he has to open, whether he has to catch your seed into heaven, into his presence, whether he has to release the legions of heaven, Michael, and go to fight on your behalf. God is doing that for you. So that whatever destiny, whatever callings, whatever giftings whatever God wants to use you for will come forth in Jesus name stand to your feet please. Amen
Every eye closed. Every head bowed. Please talk to God. Like I said yesterday, some of you have grown cold towards the things of God. Some of you are in the wilderness, but you are not being nourished there. Some of you will have to go back and rearrange the things that are dear to you. The things you invest in will have to become spiritual. Some of you will have to learn how to wait on the master. Some of you will have to stop running around and just draw strength from him. God does not show us the whole picture. But as you serve him in little things, he begins to show you what his calling is. Many times he sent the disciples to buy bread. When he met the woman of the world, they had gone to buy food. Some of you will say, that's not my calling. But God uses little things to show us his calling on our lives. When it was the last supper, he said, go and arrange the dinner. When he was feeding the 5,000, he said, arrange the people and share the bread. These were, it would be apostles. But it takes humility and a heart of service before God will manifest his call in your life. Jesus said, if you have not been faithful in another man's things, God will not give you your own. He says, if you have not been faithful in little things, how can you be entrusted with true riches? Some of you just come to church, but there's nothing you do in the service of God. There's nothing you do in the service of others. God is saying to you today, let the seed come forth. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Talk to the Lord. Tell him to prepare you for seasons you don't know about. Tell him to give you an understanding of wilderness seasons. And tell him you take comfort in the fact that he will sustain you. Open your mouth and talk to God. Tell him you don't want to be a man pleaser, you want to be a God pleaser. Tell him you don't want to look for your reward from man, you want to get your reward from God. Tell him you are weary and you need to renew your strength. Talk to God. Yesterday is gone. Please help me. Another day has come to do something new.
Yes. In my life. For yesterday. Another day. Has oh God. Deliver us from weariness. Something new. When things are thrown at us. And we feel like giving up, Lord. And we feel like retreating, Lord. And we feel like withdrawing, Lord. And I feel like throwing in the towel, Lord. Give me a vision of what your will is for my life. And give me the strength that I need, oh God. Jesus, sustain me. Give us an understanding of the times. When it's a wilderness, let us understand it, Jesus. Let us be like the sons of Issachar who know the times. For we don't understand. Oh God, what are you saying and what are you doing? Give us the calmness to rest in you. Something you make by hand in my life. Every womb that has been blocked, every seed that the enemy has devoured, let there be a release again. Oh Jesus, we get tired, we get bombarded, we get frustrated in my life. We get discouraged. But give us the two great wings of the eagle all around that we may fly. Send nourishment to us in the wilderness. Help us like you help this woman. Help me like you help this woman, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Lord, we need your help. We need your help. You said that we will bruise the head of the enemy. May that come to pass. May that come to pass. And when he bruises our heel, that we can't walk properly. May the lame feet not be turned out of the way. Bring Have mercy. In my life, have mercy. Oh, thank you, Lord. I don't understand. I don't understand. In my life, Lord, I feel weary sometimes. We even get confused sometimes. But may our problems not overshadow the call and the seed. Jesus, lift up our heads. Raise a standard spirit of God against every demonic attack. And bring us into fulfillment of your will. Jesus, some are encumbered with marital problems. Give them the grace to see you. Oh Jesus, some are lame and their feet are about to be turned out of the way. Heal the lame feet and restore. 
not without Thank you. Receive strength. The Lord is the strength of your life. Receive strength. Receive help. May Michael and the archangels fight on our behalf. Not a day. May Michael and the angels fight on our behalf. You give us the seed. We didn't ask for it. And you will cause us to birth it. Oh Jesus. May we not go under by the flood. Spirit of God, raise a standard against the earth. We are tired and weary. We are tired and weary. Let refreshing come from the presence of God. Jesus, help. Send help. Holy Spirit, our helper. You help this woman. Help us. Help us. You are here. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. There's a heaven and there's a hell, whether you believe it or not. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell when I die. I've been playing games with God. Lady Reverend, this afternoon. I need a new beginning with the master. You are like that here this morning. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Let it go high up above your shoulder. Give me the privilege of leading you to the master. Lifted up your hands. There's no fuss about this. Just make your way straight here. To the front. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. And you need to be serious with God. Come. 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 From the back, from the sides, wherever you are standing, come. And if you've come forward, do one more thing. Say this prayer after me and mean it with all your heart. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, this afternoon. This afternoon, I come to you. I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Take my life. Take my life. And become the Lord. And become the Lord. And the master. And the master. Of my life. Of my life. Jesus. Jesus. I've been my own master. I've been my own master. But today. But today. I give you the throne. I give you the soul of my life. Of my life. 
Forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. For my sins. Thank you. Thank you for dying on the cross. For dying on the cross to save me. To save me. And thank you. And thank you for rising from the dead. For rising from the dead. So that I. So that I may have. May have eternal life. Eternal life. Thank you. Thank you for a new beginning. For a new beginning. And thank you. And thank you that by this prayer. That by this prayer, my name is written. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In the Lamb's book of life. Satan. Satan. Listen to me. Listen to me. I break every tie with you. I break every tie with you. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I just have some books to give you. Read it and be strong. And come to church every Sunday. It's the only way to grow. God bless you. You may go back to your seat. You may sit down. Bishop. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.